0: Have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe right now so you don't miss it. Our stable fantasy experts will answer your questions live, or you can submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers
1: podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day.
0: Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers Monday through Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And yet another newsy day for the Panthers as they begin today on Wednesday... They're beginning joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens. But Tuesday, a little bit of rain in the forecast down there in Spartanburg. Apparently, there's a little bit of tornado action. So hopefully, everyone down in the upstate of South Carolina is doing okay. But there was actually some roster moves as 4 p.m. was the deadline for the 85-man cutdown. So the Carolina Panthers had to get down to 85 players by 4 o'clock on Tuesday. And there was a big trade, which we'll get into in just a moment. There's also questions still. As we are about 13 days, I think not even about, 13 days exactly from the final roster cutdown. There's plenty of questions that still need to be answered about the Carolina Panthers offensive line. And it still feels to be a lot of influx. And we're not quite sure who's going to be the backups. I think Matt Rule has gotten to the point where he knows who his top five are. There were still, though, questions on in terms of Brady Christensen, how he factors in, and what position Taylor Moten's going to play. Also, an update on Troy Pride Jr. And again, today starting off on Wednesday, two days of joint practices. The second time the Panthers have done that. They had it last week the Indianapolis Colts ahead of their preseason opener on Sunday, and they're now doing it here in Spartanburg for two days with the Baltimore Ravens ahead of the preseason matchup on Saturday evening at Bank of America Stadium. So we'll get into all of that on today's show. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, also check us out on spotify google Podcasts, stitcher odyssey and wherever you listen to the show and follow me on twitter at julian council where i'm gonna need your participation every friday throughout the rest of the preseason and training camp for our weekly friday mailbag so send in your questions right now with whatever you want to know about your carolina panthers there's plenty of things i'm sure you guys can ask right now as we are firmly in the thick of things the preseason and in training camp let's go ahead and start off with what was the biggest news story of the day for your Panthers on Tuesday as Greg Little, the former second round pick, 37th overall in the 2019 draft. Back when Marty Herney was still the general manager in Carolina, he was traded to the Miami Dolphins for a seventh round pick in the upcoming 2022 NFL Draft. Greg Little only played 14 games as a Panther with six starts and was never Never the kind of player that a lot of people hoped that he would be in Carolina. A lot of it had to do with his rookie year when he had the, the two concussions that basically cost him that season and even last year with the injuries that he suffered when he played, he was not up to standard after Russell Coon suffered injuries. He got replaced by Trent Scott and had later on injuries and just was never available. And when he was available, things didn't work out. Marty Herney actually had a first round grade on little back in 2019 had greg little been there available or had brian burns rather not been available when the panthers selected he was ready to take greg little he even tried to trade back in the first round to take him instead traded up in the second round the 37th overall and took greg little but as we know marty herney no longer here ron rivera no longer here that whole regime that wanted him here they were gone enter matt rule and scott fitterer this is not one of their guys greg little does not seemingly match their plans as he's not the top left tackle cam irving he's not even the second guy of trent scott and even taylor moten kind of is over there as a second guy or third guy depending on how you look at things greg little was not in the plan so the carolina panthers made the trade matt rule spoke about that with the media on tuesday the decision to trade greg little
1: uh yeah i mean just uh they they had inquired a couple teams have been inquiring about him uh greg played you know uh good game the other night so I think people they looked at that tape and um uh, there was a need on their end and we thought it was the best thing for both sides so um uh, I have nothing but good things to say about Greg uh, uh had a chance to visit with him you know when the decision was made and uh, wished him the best you know he might just be one of those guys who needs a little change of scenery I hope for his sake and um uh, we wish him nothing but the best moving forward so
0: it's absolutely the best decision for all involved and I credit scott fitterer for be able to get something for greg little he was a second round draft pick so i'm sure i'm sure there's plenty of teams out there that apparently they had been calling asking about him thinking that he changes scenery as he's only what 23 years old would be good for greg little and he's someone i was really high on coming out of ole miss having been a natural left tackle throughout his career i've always been big on i don't want a guy who was a right tackle in college i want a guy who's a pure left tackle and that's what greg little was supposed to be but As we've seen, that did not happen here in Carolina. And it is interesting that they get rid of him considering the lack of depth that they have on the offensive line heading to joint practices today with the Ravens. I still understand why they're ready to move on, especially getting a seventh-round draft pick. Um, And Little also, he doesn't offer much versatility. So it was pretty much a no-brainer to try and get something for him when they were probably going to waive him anyway. And it's not even probably. It was a guarantee. And you go back to this offseason and the moves that they made, bringing back Trent Scott, signing cam irving the writing was on the wall that greg little was not going to be a carolina panther in the future and even being a backup and matt rule also talked about what he's looking for in a backup offensive lineman
1: i think you know uh, the more you can do the more you can do versatility is great um i think since they went to eight guys on game day it makes one position guys a little bit more valuable than they were before but um you know you better be intelligent better be able to play both sides and you better be durable i mean unfortunately like You know, your availability sometimes is your best ability. So the ability to stay, you know, durable and be out there is is as valuable as anything. So um, a lot of factors obviously go into it. But, uh, you know, versatility always makes it great.
0: You hear that, and that does not sound like Greg Little at all. So I'm going to wish him the best of luck as he heads down to Miami. The Dolphins apparently were in need of some backup offensive linemen. Maybe Greg will make a roster down there. Um, From what we've seen from him the last couple of years, i have a hard time seeing that. Now, there is one issue, though. We looked at the 2019 draft class, and it was one of the last draft class that Marty Herney had. Of course, his last one is 2020, and then, of course, now he's gone, back up, reunited with Ron Rivera up with the Washington football team. 2019 draft class was not great, and you look at it. Brian Burns, first-round pick. Marty always did a great job with that. 16 and a half sacks through two seasons. He's the real deal. Greg Little didn't pan out. He's been traded. Will Greer, third-round draft pick. Someone a lot of you guys... Uh, Maybe some of you listening were saying, oh, he's here to replace Cam Newton. That did not happen. That's not even going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater and with Sam Darnold. He's not here to replace anybody. He's only played in two career games, both times where he was not ready to go. And he even admitted that last week that he was not ready. He is the next in line to get the ax from the 2019 draft class. Christian Miller, he's only played in seven games. He opted out of 2020. I'm not quite sure where the coaching staff views him right now. There's a ton of depth there at outside linebacker and edge rusher he could possibly be the odd man out we'll see jordan scarlett only played nine games was waived last august never got the chance to even play for matt rule and his coaching staff dennis daly played 19 games the majority of those were in his rookie year he started 12 he showed promise at times but like reg little has dealt with injuries and not quite sure where he factors in with this coaching staff and Terry Godwin, their seven round draft pick never made the rosters only played in three career games with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL, a horrible draft class outside of Brian Burns. And we'll see what happens with daily. I look at this and I've said this before, like with the Charlotte Hornets in town, I'm sure plenty of you guys are Hornets fans and Panthers fans. When a lot of the Rich Cho guys are gone, or at least were exiting, it didn't bother me. I was happy to see the new GM, Mitch Kupchak, come in, bringing his own guys, his own draft picks, and try and rebuild the roster. I feel the same way now with Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer. I am totally fine seeing some of these Marty Herney picks. It sucks in terms of roster development and building, I'm totally fine, though, with them exiting and getting in the guys who fit Matt Rule's culture and that fit Phil Snow and Joe Brady's schemes and fit what Scott Fitter is looking for. So that means Greg Little has gone. That means that Will Greer's going to be gone. And guys like Christian Miller not, might not be here or Dennis Daly might not be here. That's totally fine. Guys like Brian Burns, they're going to fit everybody's freaking scheme, man. It's ridiculous how good he is. And Matt Rule was actually asked about this on Tuesday, the difficulty of trying to build a roster with the... <laughs> lack of really talent and stick-to-itiveness from the 2019 class you
1: No, know, it just is what it is you know I mean um, you know I, I think you just look at the you know look at the really positive guys who came out of that class Brian Burns etc um, and you know kind of the whole situations in the last two years since I've gotten here and then the, the past year with Scott you know I just think we've understood that there, there's a lot of remaking of the roster and whether it was veteran players that retired or moved on or um, um, guys, you know, from that draft class in recent years, you know, that just kind of is what it is. And uh, I think we've drafted well. I think that that was evident the other night, you know, some of the young guys we drafted even this year played really well. So um, we'll, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll just take it as it comes. And, and we're you know, trying to put together the best 53 right now. And I think we owe it to our team just to always make the best decisions in the moment and not worry about, you know, how we arrived at them, but what we think is best, you know, for the team.
0: It's an issue, but it's an issue that the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to have to overcome if they want to get to the point that all of us want here in Carolina. That's back to the playoffs and the 20-plus years of sustained success that David Tepper has promised us. Now, to get to that... The Panthers are going to need to be good in the trenches, in particular on the offensive line. We are two weeks away from the final roster cutdown, and there are plenty of questions that are being asked and still need to be answered about the Panthers' offensive line. We'll get into those in just a moment. The NFL preseason is back, started up, and that means it's time to head over to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is still in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, college football, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. As teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code: Locked On. I still think there's a reasonable amount of concern surrounding the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers as we are 13 days away from finding out the initial 53-man roster. And there will be changes even after August 31st when the Panthers announce who's made the roster. And there's plenty of questions about the offensive line at this point in time. There's been questions all offseason. Is there a left tackle on this roster? Should Taylor Milton move over permanently from right tackle to left tackle? Is Brady Christensen ready to be the starting right tackle if that happens? How does Matt Paredes play this year? Will he continue the trajectory he won on last season after he bounced back from an awful first year here in Carolina? John Miller, no one really talks about him. Is he going to be just fine again this year at right guard? Pat Elfline. He's had his days as an okay center with the Minnesota Vikings, but then being since switched the guard, hasn't been as good as he was. Is he the center of the future? Plenty of questions to go around. And Matt Rule spoke about the state of his offensive line on Tuesday.
1: Um, you know, I, I still think, I don't think it's much about that. I mean, I think we feel good about our starting five, couple, you know, two, three more guys there uh, that we feel good about. Um, you know, but we're a work in progress, you know, we're, we're uh we're, we're like I-85 on the way down here. We're under construction, you know? so we've got we've got uh, we've got some work to do. And what we really need is we need some, you know, we, we need some of our young players to come along. You know, and I thought uh, we saw some of that from some guys the other night. But uh, uh, you know, we lost you know in the last four days. You know, we, we have four, we're four less offensive linemen than we were. So um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have some guys you know step up.
0: We're like I-85 on the way down here. We're under construction. Big yikes. I don't think Matt Rule knows what he just said there when he talked about that section of I-85 South heading towards Spartanburg. And if anyone's driven there lately, it is an absolute mess. And I'm not quite sure when, if ever, it's going to be finished. And that's kind of the the story with all of I-85. I remember growing up here in Charlotte, when you get off the uh, 485 section and you're getting towards Concord Mills, it had to have taken at least a decade maybe 15 years before and that's not even hyperbole i don't i don't think it seriously took over a decade to get to the point where we are now i have to drive to work every day now on 77 to get to 85 and go past concord to canapolis and i deal with that all the freaking time and it's cool now but back then it was an issue is Matt rule telling us that it's going to take 10 to 15 years to get this offensive line to where they need to be that they're under construction it's not that we're under construction I-85 much like the Carolina Panthers offensive line is Always under construction. And that is extremely concerning. I, I think I understand what he, what he tried to say, but that's not what he said. What he said was that our offensive line is going to always be under construction because I have 85 especially down there on that section head to Spartanburg and in the upstate of South Carolina, is a complete nightmare. Goodness gracious. He's right, though. It, it, we, they have time. I would just say that at this point in time, you would want to know who clearly are your best five offensive linemen, you wouldn't want to be experimenting with Taylor Moten at left or Brady Christensen at right, maybe playing little guard. Could he play left tackle? Trent Scott at left or at right tackle. You want to have a solid five offensive linemen. You want to have your left tackle, your left guard, your center, your right guard, and your right tackle. And you want to get them all the reps exclusively on the first team to build continuity. So hearing Matt Rule say that we're under construction doesn't make me feel all that confident, especially when you look at they're already down four offensive linemen since last week. And a lot of those guys weren't going to make the roster anyway. And one of them has been traded, obviously, in Greg Little. But it is at least starting to take a little shape. And Matt Rule was asked about what kind of clarity he's gotten over the last couple of days with his line.
1: Uh, not, not a ton. I think, you know... Uh... I mean, you know, I think Cam played well. I think we feel like that's our best lineup right now with Cam at left and Taylor at right. And we're going to keep cross-training Taylor to go be able to go to the left, uh, you know, if he's needed. And um, he's getting more comfortable over there. So, um, but, uh, you know, as we look at our best five, at least as it stands today, uh, if we went out there to play today, Cam would be at the left tackle and Taylor would be the right tackle.
0: From what we just heard there, Matt Rule's top five, according to him, is left tackle Cam Irving, left guard Pat Elfline, Center Matt Paradis, right guard John Miller, right tackle Taylor Moten. The same five that, if you've been listening to the show consistently, I've been talking about will be the starting offensive line day one against the New York Jets as long as they're all healthy. It's Cam Irving's job to lose that left tackle. He hasn't proven yet that he's not the right guy. Now having the shoulder injury, and he's had injuries throughout his career, is obviously concerning for the Carolina Panthers. And in the event, something happens to Cam Irving. These are the words that Matt Rule spoke. On Tuesday, he said that Taylor Milton would kick over the left tackle. Then Trent Scott, who had two procedural penalties on Sunday and just flat out looked awful against the Colts at left tackle starting at that position for the second team on Sunday. He would get the first call at right tackle. And I'm saying this. Probably solely based on experience. Not based off a of talent, but based on experience. That's me saying that based on experience, that's why he'd get it. But Matt Rule said that it would be Moten kicking over the left tackle, and then Trent Scott would get to call it right tackle. For now, as the Panthers are going to continue to see how Brady Christensen develops, and I know there's plenty of you out there who would love, and I'm not saying that you're rooting for Cameron to get injured, but there's plenty of you out there, I'm sure, that would love to see what would happen if Taylor Moten plays left tackle and Brady Christensen gets to call up and gets to play right tackle. I'm sure there's, and even vice versa, you would love to see what it would look like if Moten stays at right tackle and Christensen stays at left tackle. The only thing for me there is I just caution, you have a guy who is a premier tackle at right, who has had the opportunity at left tackle, that in Taylor Moten, where he did not excel at the same level he has at right tackle. And that's not to say he can't ever be Great left tackle, but if he were going to be a left tackle at the Calvary is a right tackle currently. They would have kept him over there, whether it was Matt Rule's regime or was the past regime with Matt with uh, Ron Rivera. Rather, so keeping it right tackle makes the most sense to me, and then trying to find an actual left tackle makes the most sense. Not in Cam Irving, bless his heart, he ain't it at least from what we've seen throughout his career. Maybe he can be it, but currently, I have a hard time believing that. Brady Christensen, if they felt like he was ready to be over there and they thought that's where he fit the best he would be getting the bulk of his reps as the backup left tackle but that's currently not happening I'm not saying it's a pipe dream I'm not saying it's never going to happen I'm just going to encourage people that for your health and for my health and for the sake of all of us just think more that let's keep Taylor Moten at right tackle and let's hope to God that Cam Irving at left tackle can work out and in the event that Moten goes over there, hopefully he plays well, and that Brady Christensen proves enough that he can beat out Trent Scott. Because what we saw from Trent Scott on Sunday, that ain't going to work. It's not going to fly here this season. And speaking of Sunday, Matt Rule talked about what he learned about Brady Christensen and other offensive linemen on Sunday versus the Colts
1: you know David I thought he played I thought he played well I mean he, he had some moments where he got overset and you know the first time playing in the game sometimes you start to you know overset some things and they came back inside and uh, he's got good athleticism he played hard um, really one of the top Surprises was Deontay Brown. He ended up getting banged up in the game, but Deontay played really well um, for his first game. But uh, you know Brady's got Brady's got a real shot. I think uh, we're very positive about the direction where he is.
0: I'm on board with y'all in terms of the excitement of Brady Christensen. I told you that yesterday. I'm telling you again today. I'm desperate, absolutely desperate for a left tackle. I don't think he's ready to go right now. I don't want to see him starting out week one against the Jets or even week two against the Saints. As a starting right tackle or left tackle, I'm ready to just give him some time. Now, if Trent Scott plays his way to where he's terrible, and if Cam Irving suffers a massive injury, then yeah, that's if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. Well, let's let him develop through the rest of camp, see how things start off before throwing him into the mix and potentially putting him in a situation that might not be the best for him. So we'll see how things play out. I like the potential that Brady Christensen has, and my hope is that... The Panthers can either find a true left tackle. But maybe here, the, maybe the best thing for the Carolina Panthers is, in the future, a true left tackle. And Moten's still at right tackle. Pat flying moving back to center. And in, um, Dennis Daly maybe being healthy and being a guard. And you put Brady Christensen there and being a guard. That could be your starting offensive line next year. Is that the best option for Carolina? I don't know. Scott Federer, Matt Rule, they certainly have a ton of talent evaluation to do this offseason via the draft and free agency. They're going to have money to spend and money going to the offensive line, real money. I'd like to see. But then again, looking at the way Cam Irving's contract set up, he's probably back here regardless if he's going to be starting left tackle or not. So the offensive line is still in flux, but, can't, but at least Matt Rule knows at least what he thinks is going to be his top five with left tackle Cam Irving, left guard Pat Elfline, center Matt Paradis, right guard John Miller and right tackle taylor moton a few other updates coming out of camp uh, panthers camp on tuesday we'll get to those in just a moment and also an update for those of you who are going to be headed out to the game on saturday evening in terms of yep a mask mandate so i'll get that information out to you in just a minute built bar continues to be the best tasting protein bar ever and i mean ever there's nothing out there on the market that's better than built bar and i'm sure brady christensen your favorite future, possibly starting right tackle or left tackle. I'm sure he loves Bilt Bar after he heard the news that last week Bilt Bar, a Utah company, is going to be giving out NIL, name, image, and likeness rights and sponsorship to all the BYU walk-ons to pay for their scholarships here in 2020. That's 2021 rather that's awesome uh, did you know also that boat bar has nine delicious flavors coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie double chocolate and salted caramel there's something for everyone they're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate and they're also super healthy most flavors have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and only 4 grams of Of net carbs. So go over to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. A few roster updates coming out of camp for the Carolina Panthers, and one that I think we all expected after what we saw on Sunday. Troy Pride Jr., the fourth rounder out of Notre Dame back in the 2020 draft last year, has been placed on season ending IR with an ACL injury. Unfortunate for him, but maybe, maybe, possibly a blessing in disguise for Troy Pride. I talked about it. It did not look like he was going to make the roster the way the Carolina Panthers cornerback position is currently constructed of course JC Horn already damn as a starter he's me on the roster Dante Jackson uh, you have A.J. Boye coming over um, in free agency from Denver you also add in Rashawn Melvin Keith Taylor was just drafted a 6 rounder and then Stan Thomas Oliver that's six players and Stan Thomas Oliver a seventh round pick out of FIU last year he was getting more reps and ahead of Troy Pride and you look the unofficial depth chart did not leave me to believe that the greater South Carolina native was going to make the roster not necessarily top special teams ace and doesn't have the size and length. And San Thomas Oliver doesn't have it either, but at least he's a special teams kind of player. Troy Pride doesn't have the size and length. Has been a prototypical cornerback for players in Seattle and now bringing Scott Fitterer for what they're probably looking for here in Carolina. Matt Rule, although they talk about Troy Pride Jr. and just how gutted he was to hear about his injury.
1: I I feel so awful for him. You know, I don't want to say anything about, you know, I feel bad even talking about it because he was doing a good job. He was playing well. Just, you know, as a coach, it makes you sick to your stomach seeing him. And a couple other guys got banged up in the game, and, you know, we had to make some moves today. But, um, you know, as I told Troy, he's been fast his whole life, you know, and so, you know, he'll come back from this injury, and and, uh, he'll be fast again next year, and he'll continue to grow as a player. But nothing but positive things to say about Troy. Um, and what he's done leading up to this point, I just, you know, like I said, it just makes me feel bad that he's uh, you know, he's going to have to undergo this. He, went, he underwent surgery in the offseason to get himself ready. He worked so hard to get here and for this to happen. I, I hate it for him.
0: I do think people who were asking about Troy Pride there were actually trying to get kind of a little bit of information in terms of what Troy Pride's future would have been anyway with the team had this not happened. And Matt Rule said he was playing well. It's not what we saw for that brief period of time there in the fourth quarter whenever he did get injured on Sunday afternoon. In indianapolis even still like i said could possibly be busting this guy as so he's able to at least stay around with the panthers throughout the rest of the offseason rehab and then maybe he can come back training camp next year and maybe he would have been someone who would have been um on practice squad had he been waived i don't know I don't think he has much of a future here in Carolina just based off of the names I've already listed and just based off what we've seen from him last season when he wasn't ready and they thrust him into it and even this year the little bit of what we saw of him on Sunday afternoon either way speedy recovery wish the best to Troy pride seems like a good guy and would love to have him back here in Carolina next season happy and whole and hopefully even improved and can be a contributor for us in 2022 but first off he's got to take care of his mental and take care of his health and we wish him the best of luck on his road to recovery. Uh, also, the Panthers, again, 4 p.m. Tuesday, had to get down to 85 guys. The Panthers have released veteran fullback Rod Smith, waived uh, based off of injury designation center Mike Panisik, who also was offensive lineman, and they waived on another injury de- um, designation linebacker, Nate Hall. And then they later announced that Matt Kasky would be waived on injury designation, bringing the roster down to 84. The Panthers can go back up to one. Matt Rule was asked after practice if they would be looking to add another player, and he said best player available would be the role that they do. So they will add someone to get to 85. Then cutdowns go down to 80 next Tuesday with the final roster cut down of 53 men being announced on August 31st by 4 p.m. So that is how things have played out. And also looking at to the rest of the week, the Panthers have joint practice again with the Baltimore Ravens as they had last week with the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Rule talked about the, what lies ahead against the Ravens over the next few days.
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, you know, you're talking about elite defenses, um, different styles of defense. Uh, You're talking about two different styles, completely different styles of offense, but at the core, two really good teams, two playoff teams. And I think, you know, for us, you look at John Harbaugh, I mean, he always has great special teams. So it's great for our special teams to work against. Their run game and physicality is going to be great for our defense to work against. And uh, their defense is going to be great for our offense to work against, you know, and and the many things. I I think for Sam, all the different different blitz packages and things he's going to have to see are going to be difficult. Um, I really don't care if we have a great day tomorrow or not a great day tomorrow in terms of uh, seeing things, I just want us to see things. I want us to have a great day in terms of effort and physicality and toughness and all those things, but I want us to be challenged. You know, as Joe Brady and I were talking last night, like most times in a typical preseason, the starters would play 10 to 20 snaps in the first game, and, you know, we got, we got 50, some guys got 60 snaps last week, so we're getting more snaps. You know, it's just about, you know, what we do with those snaps that matters.
0: I find it interesting to hear him said he's more concerned about effort and getting a look rather than how the team performs they are a young team he believes that getting out there and just working hard against the Ravens getting a different look is way more important than the actual results and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that the results that we see from the first team offense like a Sam Darnold I think are important how he handles those pressure periods and how the offensive line stacks up against the Ravens defensive front those are all important things bring the effort and energy is something that should happen every time but getting results, winning your matchups, that's what leads to winning football games. So I do believe it's important. I kind of disagree there a little bit with Matt Rule. He also talked about the changes to practice that they'll see this week against the Ravens. Uh, not
1: really. Um, you know, this will be much more of, I think, a run physical type practice where that was there was a lot more third down and passing and all that. Um, you know, Coach Harbaugh, you know, I, I said, hey, Coach, why don't you go ahead and, you know, uh, script these practices as well, you know, and obviously we talked. And, you know, he, Coach Harbaugh's been great. We talked this morning again. But, um you know, I think for our guys, uh, going into new new environments and having, uh, you know, different situations and not being like one of our practices, I think all those things for our team are really good. Like, don't worry about, you know, what the period is. Just the ball's in the dirt, man, go play. And so just, I think all of us are just trying to build that mentality of just whatever it is, you know, just take, say what's next.
0: The Ravens' physicality is going to be a true test for this team. I really, really need to see how they're going to, go up against them well and honestly defensive front for Carolina against that Ravens offensive line and what they can do I want to see Brian Burns getting after Lamar Jackson I want to see these linebackers whoever's healthy like a Jermaine Carter Jr. and Shaq Thompson being physical and hearing about the physicality of what this practice are going to be like the next couple of days makes me believe even more that the starters Probably aren't going to play on Saturday evening at Bank of America Stadium. Matt Rule said he'll let the fans know after Thursday's practice, which is good. So folks aren't going out there on Saturday expecting to see Sam Darnold, Chris McCaffrey, and Brian Burns and some of their favorite players. And they don't suit up. So maybe you get to watch them uh, warm up early if you show up early enough. And they let you in. But does not, at least in my opinion, I don't think that's going to happen where the Panthers are going to play their starters on Saturday. You will see them next Friday, at least, against the Pittsburgh Steelers in preseason game number three another announcement for people who are going to be going to the games this year not just on saturday the panthers announced on tuesday that masks will be required in all indoor areas 300 and 400 levels so the people who get the money you're gonna to have to wear a mask unfortunately masks will not be required although outdoors while the oakland raiders or las vegas raiders as they are now called and where they reside they were the first to kind of open up the door here and that can of worms in terms of masks and vaccinations as they're requiring all people who go to their games this year to be vaccinated. And those who don't get vaccinated, they offer vaccines at the door. And if you get vaccinated, then you have to wear a mask until you're fully vaccinated. Masks will also be available at all entry points for the Carolina Panthers at Bank of America Stadium this season. So if that upsets you, I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. If it makes you happy, okay, good for you. Either way, that's just the information I'm passing along to all the folks here listening to the pod. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. Follow me on Twitter, at JulianCouncil, where I'm going to need your participation this Friday. Like right now, go ahead, send in your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag going on throughout the rest of training camp and the preseason. And then maybe during the rest of the season, we'll figure out a new day. Either way, just send me questions in throughout the week and I'll get to them on Friday. I appreciate all the folks that have DM'd me and who have added me with their questions. I cannot wait to get to those once again on another Friday mailbag. Tomorrow show, going to break down, of course, the first day of joint practices with the Ravens. Hopefully, going to get someone on to look at that. And if not, you know, I think I got it covered. But either way, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow, and I appreciate you and all your support. Good night, or good afternoon, or goodbye. Either way, talk to you Thursday.